Now, that's the way to start a show off. Hey, everybody, it's Andre, and you're listening to episode 87 of the RC After Hours podcast, simply titled Digital. Because do I got a story to tell about that stuff? Uh, hello to everybody on the stream watching live right now, watching and listening. Hello to everybody else listening on the podcast after I uh, publish it. It's been, uh, what, what, two, three weeks or so since our last episode, and I've been flying, I've been reviewing, and I've been having a little bit of fun in the cold, cold, cold winter. So, uh, hey, everybody online right now, uh, checking us out, and uh, the bro- Brothers, the Brothers RCs, you guys have been having a, a riot yourself too and having a lot of fun. So thank you for uh, stopping in on the chat stream. Uh, hi, Brian. Hi, Tracy and every crew, everybody. Yes. All right. Let's get into this thing. So yes, I said digital. Uh, this past weekend, I did something that I wasn't uh, thinking I would do and I experienced the DJI digital, um, their new FPV drone uh, quad and oh, I shouldn't have. I really shouldn't have. Um, and every time I say I'm not going to do something, uh, it just creeps into 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 my life. So we're going to talk about the the digital forefront. The you know this this the stuff that's coming. And I swear to gosh, I wasn't going to go down this rabbit hole. And I know I'm going down this rabbit hole because the technology and the gear uh, is so crazy and. and I maybe had a minute or two under the goggles, under the hood, you know, flying this thing, and it was incredible. Would I buy one? No. Do you need one? Yes. You know, it is that cool. And I flew with uh, um, the the stock controller looks like your Xbox controller. You know, it's just it's designed like that, and that's the look and feel. But then you can also get the the wand or the joystick and. That was so cool because it's like flying a flight simulator. That's what I that's what I uh, equate the whole experience to, and um, uh, the DJI unit belongs to Steve Captain Drone. Anybody checking out his YouTube channel is just exploding. It's it's a lot of fun. We're going to be doing more content, and we'll get down to. I'll talk about that later on, as soon as uh, we're both jabbed for uh, our, our, with our COVID vaccines and stuff. Anyhow. We got there, and he's like, you've got to try this. So I had my gloves on. We cleaned off the goggles and everything, and I threw them on. And it's like you push a button, the arm, a double-tapped arm. So anybody who's flown any kind of DJI product and everything, tick, tick, go. Um, Brian, uh, sorry, Tracy, we'll, we'll talk about the price and everything. I've, I've got some ideas about this. Um, anyhow, you, you double-click on it, then you hit it again, and it arms it. You hit it again, and it lifts off, and you've got this little circle. And it's like Steve's like, okay, you see where the circle is? Yeah, you know, pull the trigger and fly to it. And, okay, never, ever tell Andre, pull the trigger and go. Because I shot past Steve at, like, top speed. I, I gunned the poor, poor, poor quad. But it was so cool with the with the little wand joystick thing. And I, it, it was like flying. If you didn't know what the craft was, I was like, I feel like I'm flying a wing. And I, I, I would have rolled it if I could. You know, if he would have let me, I would have. And, you know, Steve is like... Stay away from the goalpost, man, because he knew I was going to go find a gap. But no, I'm not going to because the price tag on this thing, holy gosh, you know, like, like it's what, 1600 US, 1200 US, something. It's it's unreal what it is. Now, you get a serious piece of kit uh, that can like 
blur the line between a race quad and your cinematography kind of quad it's got some sacrifices right you'll never get a pure cinematography quad out of it and you'll never get a pure race quad out of it but you get a pretty fun piece of kit so like you're gonna say okay this is my ultimate piece of gear go for it kind of thing but it flew really well for what it was and 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 it happened so fast that i couldn't even calculate i couldn't take in all the information that was there because i was so focused on the view and the digital the last time i flew digital was when i was down in ohio at flight fest back at the old headquarters and that was like a uh, a mavic maybe mavic pro with the white 720 goggles right and so it was like wow and like i barely took in what all the osd was telling me and everything because you were so focused on the view i mean i've got some brand new fat shark goggles which are pretty awesome but this was like just a whole other level of wow <laughs> so i don't know where it's all going but um one of the cool things with the market like progressing through well all of a sudden if you're looking to get into this thing um it's going to get cheaper as far as i'm concerned uh yes proprietary goggles but anybody who's going v2 is offloading their v1s you know because that's just how it goes so as things go through, that's probably my game plan if I go. Um, why do I think it's the future? Uh, it's going to get lighter and lighter and lighter. And, and things like you've got like the uh, the, the, the Vista, Vista, the Cadex Vista stuff. And that FPV combination is 27 grams. And that includes a receiver if you go with the, the, the DJI remote, right? So it's like, oh... Where is this all going now? Uh, well, okay, I'll qualify that receiver statement. You need a flight controller in it. So if you're looking at like something like um, a, a plane and you don't have a flight controller, well, you're still going to have to put a receiver into it. But it's going to get lighter and lighter and lighter. So in some aspects, analog is still price-wise way better and two, uh, weight-wise way better. But you can't tell me this year coming up, that this stuff isn't going to catch on like wildfire. Um, the caveat there too is limited licensing. Obviously, DJI are controlling their market share really, really carefully, but still, it is crazy. So, you know, if you're looking at a, a used path, um, you're probably, depending on where you're going, you're, you're obviously going to get stuff at a significant discount if it's used, but you're still, you're looking at an investment. So to, to, to want to get into it you've got to really want to get into it but i mean once you experience it it's hard not to be attracted but going back to the flying experience i was immediately um immediately at home with the wand or joystick system you know and using my trigger finger and i had a couple other fingers there's a emergency you know uh the holy the holy whoops button and the whole thing just will stop and everything and you what I really noticed on that, what was really cool on flying around, the return to home, your home launch was just an H, you know. And uh, the, one of the other guys said, who, who's got an Oculus, and I agreed, that it was a very similar experience. The only thing I have to say I was missing and wished there was, um, if you've ever experienced the Oculus Rift stuff, they have a camera on the outside of the uh, of the goggles. So when you look down, you can actually see your surroundings. It's kind of ghost view. And I was thinking that would have been cool because I was still, I had my gloves on, so I'm fumbling around with the remote and everything. But like to do a left bank turn 
you just rotate your wrist a little bit to the left, you know, so that's, and, and it's a coordinated turn between your aileron input and your rudder input, right? And it was like, cool. And if you want to do a full rudder, you just twist your wrist. And I'm just like, oh, this is so cool. Now there's a photo of me. And so I'm sitting out there in the middle of the field, you know, goggles on, my hand out at, at, at 90 degrees with the with with a, with a stick. And uh, I sent the uh, picture to Chris Rog, uh, Chris. And he's like, you know, if someone saw you, the, the cops would probably be called because you look ridiculous. And because we're so used to that head down with the remote in your hand kind of look and feel on this one, you have to be up. But it's even crazier because some people would get their, um, as I was watching Chris fly, um, uh, uh, sorry, Steve fly his, his quad the first time showing us. Um, he was standing opposite to what the uh, what the quad was doing, and it was really distracting from from an optics standpoint. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think DJI did their homework. This thing will be a uh, a marketing smash for them, like they've been doing in the last couple of years, because really they, they they don't have any competition as far as what this thing is. And I think they're going to do really well in that because they're going to be able to attract people that who otherwise wouldn't be into this genre, I don't think. And obviously, like I said, the other benefit too is as this technology grows, things are going to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So uh, here, I'll pull up the specs on this thing. Uh, where is this stuff? Here we go. Uh, and I'm going to move that screen out of the way. All right. Where is... Aha, here we go. So... You know, it's beastly. Uh, what's really cool is, so Steve and I were out flying. Captain Drone and I were out flying. He was actually wanting to use it and chase. Uh, he was chasing the bush mule. And I got some onboard shots. And he actually has a green cover on this thing, on his. He, he picked up the green case. Uh, and it, so it shows up really nice. And it's just kind of neat. Uh, the camera essentially, from what I understand, is an Osmos uh, 4K Uh but it does some really weird frame rates. They actually do not do uh, 30 frames per second in 4K. They'll do 50 and 60. So this thing is based on the action and movement. And the immediate thing we noticed was all the props were in the shot uh, for post. So you have to crop it in and everything. So it's uh, so if you're thinking this is going to be oh this is going to be my primary you know acquisition cinematic thing. You've got props in the shot. Now, if you're just flying around having fun, I don't really mind the shot. And that's what I was saying to Steve about it when we were discussing this thing afterwards. It's um, the props sometimes add. Uh, I, I know we get all crazy and we want perfect views, but sometimes that that reference of what the machine is doing, now it all depends on the gimbal and everything, right? Because you could be like in a left-hand bank turn and the props going in the other direction could be really disorienting. But if you just have a little hint of it, you can get a little sense of that drama. So anyhow, just looking at it, it looks like it's a really decent camera. It looks kind of funky. Um, it's a little heavy, I think, uh, for, for what it is. what it is. And, and when you see it take off, the back end of it kind of dips down and then it spurts off and goes but for what you get and everything it is kind of neat and captivating and you know it, it's one of these first in the market kind of scenarios so it'll be interesting to see where it goes and every year they come out with the next version it seems to get a little better um interesting note on the joystick uh it is limited it's not it's like sport mode if you've ever flown the mavic minis and stuff like that so it's fast and everything but it's not um, it's not wide open so obviously they've 
dialed in a little bit of support and a little bit of input. So we're not sure we could chase with the joystick, but I was telling Steve, if I get a wing out and everything or just fly something small FPV and he could try and chase me around, uh, you know, uh, a, a defined path, he might actually have a little bit of success. But one of his comments to me as he was trying to chase the big uh, bush meal was its speed versus a traditional quad that's set up for cinematography, um, you know, air flight and everything, he felt it didn't um, respond as quickly. So he'd go slow down and he'd blow past me and then have to try and turn around and re- reacquire acquire the airplane in the air and vice versa. If I suddenly sped up, it took him longer to catch me. And then by the time he catched me, I'm into my turn for the next leg kind of thing. So our rhythm was, was off. But again, it was freezing cold and we were flying. It actually, it was so cold that I shattered a ski on the bushmill on landing. But uh, we'll, we'll get to the bushmill flight experience. Anyhow, uh, this this really to me is opening up a whole new realm in the technology and i've got like as i was out for my hike today i was writing my notes talking about you know things like the the caddx and and you know the digital systems and like i said they're they're going to get smaller and lighter and more and the camera technology every year seems to be coming on and what is this thing weighing again at what is it specs where are the specs on the little caddx come on sight think it was what is it uh precise details i'm just looking really quick 25 to 27.5 grams so we're getting comparable to a high-end fpv system right analog so four kilometer range so so it's it's kind of neat and like i said it's kind of like watch this marketplace and i know it's it's very it sounds very quad centric but i can just see I'm really hoping that a lot of this bubbles over to the small wings. And I've already seen pictures on the, um, some guy stuck one on his renegade. So that kind of is like, Ooh, you know, if we can just, you know, anything under sub 250 gram, all of a sudden in digital, oh my goodness, you know, you're going to be giggling. Um, speaking of renegade, if you watched, uh, what video is it? I don't know if I published the last video. Anyhow, I was actually having issues with my motors on the Renegade, and I've ordered. I'm. I got to test some stuff, and what we, what I suspect was I overpropped it, so the thing was spooling down. It was making all kinds of howling and screeching. Uh, I've switched back to the four-inch props. I think those ESCs and those uh, those more aggressive. Um, Gen uh, fan props, the Hurricanes were just overdriving it, so I've gone to some four inch, but I've also ordered some uh, some Emax Eco Motors, fourteen oh seven. So these are the ones Sean's recommended, thirty three hundred kV. So going to be able to run them in two S and three S, uh, and keep those four inch. Maybe if I go back to some five inch, so I'm going to keep playing around with it. But it's been so cold and so just ugh for flying. But I figured I would pick these up. There's like you know thirty bucks Canadian shipped, so I'm like. Might as well try it because this is one aircraft. The Renegade is going to be my go-to, and maybe when that, uh, you know, the, the one day maybe it'll go digital. Who knows? Okay, moving on. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes and everything. Um, speaking of small and micro, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to things like the Insta360 Go 2. This little camera just is going to get better and better. I remember seeing version 1 and Steve Captain Drone showed me it. I was kind of like, okay, that's neat. Version 2, they kind of hit all the things that I was thinking about that I wasn't really sure about uh, in this product. The only thing that um, 
the only thing that gets me as a uh, as a plane pilot is I'm not in love with the form factor in the sense that it's if it was a cylinder, much like the Mobius style and everything, it was a, if it was a super thin cylinder, you weak with a flat edge, you know, Velcro that onto a wing somewhere and everything, and um, I guess it will record 4K uh, at uh, 30 frames per second, and will do about 15 minutes or so. And if you can offload that content, you know, in the field, well, then you can just keep playing away with it. That's the only thing; it's an internal battery, internal card. So, but. You know, for those limitations, you get something that's super light, super flexible. So uh, down the road, who knows? And again, we were discussing and laughing, saying, is GoPro kicking themselves for, for basically killing off the session? Because this is where, I mark my words, this is where the session would have been if they had kept developing that product. It would have turned into a lightweight, all-in-one package because... This thing is going to light up the market, and within six months, we'll probably see a dozen, you know, half a dozen kind of knockoffs and everything. But, if, you know, run cam, you paying attention because this would be fantastic in a lighter, 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 lighter uh, component. So just me talking about it, uh, you know, but it, it, it has impressed me. It has really impressed me. Uh, it's expensive. For what it is, it's super expensive. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, but if you're looking at something like if you're looking at, uh, you know, an HD system or any kind of quad and everything and you don't have a decent video feed or even if you're shooting analog and your FPV video is just, ugh, and that's that's something I've experienced and you want to throw something light on your plane just to capture it, this thing might be the way to go. And especially, you know, you can mount it in certain ways, but again, if it was a cylinder, it'd be beautiful i still have my 720 wing cam which uh which i will fly with until you know it's just too obsolete um speaking of which i guess i'll bring this up now want to know what everybody's thinking right now about and i'll switch screens uh just kind of curious to see um what everybody's thinking lately of the um of some of the youtube content i've really been focusing on well one it's 4k and (laughs) That's been fun. It's been a bit of a learning experience. I find the biggest lag time with the 4K content is actually getting it to YouTube. Um, The laptop and the technology and the gear I have is all fine. The workflow is fine. Everything, the in-studio stuff takes a little bit longer because the files are bigger and the edits and everything. And there's going to be content I'll be producing very soon for the the, the Zod, the two two planes from the the Zod collection, the Drift and the Dart 250. but it's funny because if I go post a video to YouTube, I'm actually waiting and it could take up to 24 hours. I've seen it even take longer depending on the length of the video to go to 4K, which is uh, a little crazy. But let me know in the comments. Let me know in the feedback what everybody thinks so far of how things are going. Um, because obviously I've had the opportunity to fly a couple uh, review planes lately and that has gone pretty good. Um, let me know. Uh, speaking of review planes, I'm going to go and we're going to talk about those ones right now. The Corsair. Uh, is this plane out of stock now? This plane is now back. Uh, sorry, it is back ordered, unfortunately. Um, but I flew it. And I liked it. I liked it a lot, which was uh, which was surprising. I flew it on skis. The video is out there uh, on the YouTube on my YouTube channel. Um, and it's... Uh, <laughs> It made me laugh. I had these little tiny aluminum skis. Uh, I should have brought the plane here just to, to visualize, but I had these little tiny aluminum skis that I picked up from Great Hobbies here in Ottawa a long time ago. 
and we were going to fly them on the UMX, and they were too heavy for the UMX, but they were perfect on this aircraft. And someone asked me if I nosed over, and I said, no, the video you saw was like the one take. I flew it on one pack. It was so cold. It was like the third or fourth flight of that day, and I was so numb and just frigid cold. But this little Corsair flew so good. Um, I look forward to flying it this summer, and we'll see how long it stays in the fleet and uh, see how active it is and everything. But I like the little 750-millimeter form factor because they fit. They're small batteries, they're cheap, they're inexpensive just to, to fuel and feed and enjoy, right? So throw them in the back of the car, put a little four or five channel, six channel receiver into them and then go. Uh, I had a lot of people telling me, you know, when I put the skis on it, like, um, don't forget to, you know, not do the retracts. I'm like, they're fixed gear. <laughs> but it flew really well. Um, again, the video is on my YouTube channel uh, and it, uh, it, it worked out really well more content to come we are losing snow rapidly but it is now hard pack stuff so it's going to take a little while and then we're going to get into the you know the land of mud um you know into april and may but uh like i said i i've been flying that one just got the one flight off one battery up but it was enough and really enjoyed it um been putting a lot of mileage behind the Bushmill. We were shooting it yesterday on skis. My buddy Jeremy is actually in the middle of um, making me aluminum pieces for the ski mounts. I've got one for the nose, which he'd done years ago for the Bushmill. Sorry, the, the Sky Mule. Um, so the Bushmill is going to get rear aluminum mounts. And this is like on the ski, the triangle bit that goes from the, the landing gear struts and then onto the ski. Those pieces are really sensitive to the cold we were learning and they just shatter. Um, you know, I fly in the cold, sorry. You know, it's the way it goes. This plane and I, uh, if you listen to any of the videos, the first time I took off, I said it was like, you know, being reunited with an old friend. I um, I sold off the V1 uh, after a buddy, at, one of the local flyers asked me for it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, and I had to cover off, you know, the YouTube channel wasn't generating or still doesn't generate a ton of a ton of YouTube revenue. And I had to cover off some of my, uh, the costs for the taxes and everything I pay on these aircraft. So I'm like, okay. Well, let this one go and we'll, you know, and then eventually the, the big twin came in the EC 1500. Um, I'm going to hold on to this one for a lot longer because I've got plans for this. I suspect, um, this is going to become my iNav bird. Uh, and, and simply because I can, after trying to throw the big sky hunter, I'm like, ah, I think I'm going to like something with landing gear. And so I'm, I think this is where the strategy is going to be for this thing. Drop in that, uh, 405 board, the twin and put in a, a good receiver. And of course it comes with the FPV, uh, mounts and everything. So whether it goes digital or analog, I don't know, don't really care, but it is a very capable ship and I've enjoyed flying it. Um, it's got a really well-rounded performance envelope, and price-wise, it's basically half of what, what I paid for um, for the EC-1500. The EC-1500 is still a beautiful ship, and I'm still going to fly that one like crazy, but I think the Bushmill will become my iNav. The Bushmill V2 will become my iNav ship in going into the future, but we'll see. I, uh, I make a lot of plans, whether I have the time and everything to actually run them through, um, but check out those videos. I had a lot of fun with that one. Um, the next batch are from our friends at Buddy RC. Uh, the OMP group uh, planes was really, really, really well done. And boom, the Challenger was 
really nice. I really enjoyed flying the Challenger because it was um, <clears throat> it was uh, it was unique. This is this is like I said. This is more like you know your your stick kind of feel to it. But on three S twenty two hundred on skis, Dubro skis, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was surprised. Going over my notes, uh, I was surprised at, at my low rates. My aileron throws were, were pretty aggressive, but at base, you know, it's a 49-inch wingspan, so 45 inches of that is is aileron. So it, it's got a lot of uh, a lot of throw, um, but it flew really well, and that red looked really good. It looked really good in the sky. So again, both airplanes were flown that weekend and it was super cold. Cameras were shutting down, like nothing was going. I had to trudge into the middle of the field, couldn't shoot where I normally like to shoot. So the sun was bad and just, you know, but the videos are out. Uh, both aircraft flew and more to come. I don't know if I'll get to do any more ski flights with them because as we get down to the choppier stuff, it just becomes a little bit more ridiculous. Uh, but as soon as the grass is available, I'll throw the wheels on. Um, probably going to put bigger tires on both of them, to be honest. Uh, I like big tires. I really enjoy flying uh, aircraft with larger tires. and It just makes the, uh, the, 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 the train a little bit more easy to manage. And I haven't even begun gun to to open up the potential on the big horn um the the flights were where as i said i was so cold my hands were so numb that i didn't want to try and mess with those flaps and the pro flap they will do cow uh crow sorry cow is not the right word i said that in the video too they'll do crow they'll do full flaps and everything you can probably link them into the ailerons and have giant ailerons or, or both so I haven't unlocked the potential on this aircraft, so I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, the the balsa and everything did well, and I said one of the things I noticed with the Challenger, I haven't tried it with the Bighorn, the Challenger fit in the backseat of the car. Um, things like my Tundra, I can't get into the backseat of the car. It's just dimensions-wise, the, the door opening on the car and everything won't work. It's got to go into the trunk. Now, the Bighorn went into the trunk. I didn't even try it. But the Challenger fit right into the car through the door and everything. So that was really nice. So it's when I look at the classes of aircraft, that's something I always go. You get the super big ones go into the trunk. You know, a medium sized airplane will probably go into the backseat. And then obviously you got everything that's smaller. So, so more to come from the OMP Challenger and Big Hort 49 inch collection. Um, Going to probably roll those tires over. Uh, our friends over at Dubro did send me some bigger tires. So I might try and switch the two of them over or whatever. But I'll, I'll, I'll try the airplane in stock configuration and then move up. But I know the tire thing from my experience with the uh, the E-Flight uh, Brave Knight Pawnee. As soon as I put larger tires on that aircraft, it was able to handle the grass that I fly off everything really well. So again, you know, set your aircraft up to the, to the field and conditions. So again... Thank you to uh, Buddy RC and OMP for making that happen. And uh, check out uh, the link in this description for this podcast and everything. And on this YouTube uh, video, there's a 10% uh, discount. And that is uh, RC After Hours. And I think that's still valid for... I'm checking my notes here. I think that's still valid for uh, a good while to come. 
And just checking really quickly to make sure I'm not uh, not misleading anybody. And where is it? <laughs> There's so many notes. I'm looking at so much content here. 10% off. Uh, I don't have an expiry date. So there's probably no expiry date at this point. So there you go. Thank you for, to Buddy RC. Uh, speaking of discount codes and all kinds of goodness, the uh, challenge, the challenger, <laughs> the Hangar RC Texan. Uh, for those who are Patreons, I uh, I put out a little hint picture of uh, what's coming. Sam is almost ready. He's just finishing off his stuff. And then he and I are going to sit down and we're going to do a draw for, for a podcast supporter on a Patreon. And they are going, someone, some lucky fan is going to win their own Texan with a very special livery. Thank you, Sam. That's been awesome to watch this thing develop and everything. And then I'll get Sam on the show to talk about uh, what the Hangar RC crew has got planned going into 2021. Well, okay, we're already a quarter into 2021. Um, for for a lot of you, you've probably like me and hit that one year mark of COVID uh, craziness and how the world has changed around us. Uh, and hopefully, we're getting into brighter and better days coming soon. But again. Uh, the Hangar RC, if you're into uh, foam kit builds, they have a discount code for, and it's uh, Hangar RC uh, and uh, RC After Hours for 10% off, if I'm correct. Yes, HangarRC.com. So, again, thanks to Sam and the crew for, for making that happen as well. Okay, moving right along. Um, another little one that I flew and really liked. There you go. This was the little Ishin Micro uh, Mustang, and that was a fun little airplane to go. It actually, uh, again, surprised me. I, I seem to be very easily amused and surprised by flying. Maybe it was because it was such a long drought between getting out. Um, the only issue I ran into with this little airplane, and it wasn't even the 1S, it was just... I couldn't do anything off the, dri- off the driveway, off the parking lot. The little... The little pebbles would just dump it over, and uh, actually, it's a really cool thing with it is the prop is like this keyed snap-in thing, right? So unless you know you do some real big carnage, the pop would just go poof, and then you, you pop it back on there. I'm like popping the audio and tapping the microphone, uh, and it was really cool to be able to sit there and just fly this thing. And the battery time even made me go, "Wow, this is uh, this thing is actually very impressive to." Uh, to fly and engage with and everything and you know the little remote didn't even bug me now as i said in the video if you've got one of these multi-spectrum remotes it will bind up and everything and then you can have a full-size remote or you just say yeah i'm gonna fly off this thing and in medium rates i was in complete control of this little aircraft now i flew with the landing gear on because the aileron servo is very exposed on the mustang because it sits in front uh just in front of the radiator um, got the graphic up. And so with the gear on, it protects that servo really nicely. And they've got a, what, two or three other models in this, in this lineup. There's the T28, I think the Corsair and everything, but it flew so well. And the little, the little packs, the little one S batteries actually impressed me. And I, I mean, it was cold and everything and this thing took off and it flew great. Um, if you've got a decent one S charger with the right connectors and everything, uh, you're just, you've got a great little park flyer under 250 grams. It's got all the features. I found I fought it in, in, 
obviously basic mode. Uh, I didn't even test like there's a there's a U-turn mode and then there's an aerobatic mode. And I was like, but in medium, I could do anything I wanted. And I was also told afterwards because I was trying it in, um, in in full rates mode or whatever. And there's no gyro and it flies, but you're really 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 chasing it so in medium rates and everything which is probably just got a little bit of as3x or a little bit of stability behind it and everything um it was a lot of fun and really made me smile uh oh peter holly just uh uh uh, from horizon just popped in hey man we're gonna talk about oh actually haha well he's on Maybe he can comment about, uh, where is it? Did I put it up? Yes, I did. Uh, actually, new plane in the, in the market. Um, surprised me, but here we go. The UMX A10 Thunderbolts. Not sure I care about the brown, but I'm really happy that they've come back with this thing. And uh, as soon as it came out, I actually pinged Peter and he, he uh, Pete, and he uh, he filled me in. They've reinforced the nose because uh, one of our one of my buddies had a gray one, and we immediately turfed it into the ground and had to rebuild the whole front end of it. So um, it looks good. Uh, minus the brown. I would have preferred to stick with the gray, but I get it. They had to refresh the the product and everything. So your little UMX A10 twin 30 millimeter EDFs. Uh, is it still 2S? Yes, I think it's still 2S. Yes. Uh, 450 to 850 uh, milliamp hour lipos. Uh, it's a bind and fly. And will actually, I take it back, this thing will fly on a 3S. That's cool. Okay, that's another whole ball game. So it will fly anywhere from a 2S 450 to 3S 850. So that is a big change. Ooh, now I'm interested. This thing on 3S would be a ride. I happen to have a nice healthy selection of 3S 800s. Ooh, we'll see. We'll see. I need another EDF like, uh, oh, wait, no. What am I saying? You always need EDFs. There's always room for more EDFs, or is there not? <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see. I watched the video really quickly. Obviously, I didn't check out the specs until now, so uh, kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, very convinced now. It's interesting. So you can, uh, yes, Alex says, oh, 3S, yes. This will be fascinating. If anybody gets one, let me know. I'm kind of keen to find out how it goes. Um, again, you know, size-wise, it's tiny. It's not a big aircraft. Uh, it, it, it kind of, uh, it's one of those, and I guess that's the beautiful part behind the UMX aircraft and, uh, you know, leave them in your car kind of thing, get to the field and just, you know, go to the park and just fly them. So if you got your little... Your little DSMX or sorry DX uh, DX6 or something, just a simple radio. You probably could have this thing ready to go and then fly it on 2S or 3S. And we know uh, the AS3X makes things really really nice. And then safe, safe will just you know like if it's anything like the uh, the timber, uh, you know you throw on safe, drop the flaps, and fly around using the rudder and just have a laugh. So kind of interested now kind of want to check one out in person see it and and fly it i know the brothers uh they just did their they just you know cat the uh, 
Robert and, and his and his brother just flew one, so you know Horizon's been sending stuff out for reviews. Be kind of cool, Horizon hmm, E Flight, you know, to you know, show the podcast a little support, huh? Huh? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, right? Right. Moving on. So there we go. There actually has been a quite a lot of uh, interesting aircraft to look at over the next little while, and I'm kind of wondering um i know flex i don't have the i don't have it up on the page here flex just put out uh an update to the flex jet so my flex jet is now like you know old gear <laughs> but whatever uh it looks like they've gone with the thun they've done a v2 on the the flex jet and they've changed the scheme up just a tiny bit i still like the red and white one but they've gone with a um, uh, uh, thunderbird uh, look and everything so uh, Tracy says on the A-10, flies better and looks better without the gear. Yeah, I guess so, unless you're taxing. But if you're landing in grass, yeah, why would you have the extra weight? And the nice thing about the A-10 is, yeah, you're, um, there's nothing really to damage on landing, which is really fantastic. You've got those, uh, actually the gear pontoons, uh, will probably protect it really well. I guess the only thing you got to worry about is the underneath for the, uh, the rear rudders are there rudders there i'm looking at the photos i see some kind of rigging uh on the bottom uh i don't know i thought i saw something in the photo it just might have been the wire that that guides and supports the tail but uh it's uh it looks like a really fun airplane you never know if uh, if the funds are available later on this season uh 160 us dollars not too bad either so again going back to the uh the flex innovation so they've got the the flex jet out so that's cool it's a big 90 millimeter uh 6s edf monster so we go from one extreme to the next i wonder if i can call them up really fast and we can just look at the specs on that one flex innovation I'd, uh, I'd forgot about that one while I was setting up for the show. Actually, I set up the show while I was out for my uh, my walk. So they've gone with a new color scheme, which is kind of neat. Uh, this is the, um, what are they calling this one? This is the Thunderbirds, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, new nose scheme and everything. And it looks like they've played around with a few of the features. The pilot dude looks new. He kind of looks like he's sitting up a little high in, in his seat. And then the other one is the standard orange. So they've gotten rid of the blue one, uh, which is still, uh, was still look good. I have the orange one, and I do enjoy flying this aircraft. Uh it has double rudder. Oh, thank you, Robert. So Robert just replied because they've flown and just did the review. Um, I'll throw the review into the uh, the link here, but it's got a double rudder. So that means you could, yeah, dump on the safe and then fly this thing out, on fly the, uh, the A-10 on the rudder. Oh, that would be so cool. All right, I'm adding this one. I'm, I'll add that to the potential list for, for uh, 2021 jets, So especially since I have the batteries. I forgot the batteries. <laughs> Why not? Uh, going back to the FlexJet Gen 2, um, I'm just going to see if they, they highlight. Uh, combines the revolutionary sport jet with a modern scale-like uh, appearance. Uh, the FlexJet Gen 2 is designed by Flex Innovation Team, including... Uh, I'm trying to find out where the innovations and the changes are. Uh, looks like new servos on the elevator provide more torque uh, and speed uh, for their demanding applications. The new Thunderbird-inspired scheme shortens the overall appearance and a pilot uh, to enhance the overall look. 
That's true. The first one, Gen 1, doesn't have a pilot. That's right. Okay. Uh, it's, it looks like they've, uh, they've worked on the CG and a few other little things. So, again, a really, really sharp-end aircraft. So we go from two different extremes from the UMX A-10 to a flex jet uh uh, Gen 2 at, you know, close to $500 US. So, yeah, there you go. So, uh, I'm just looking up all my notes. So, coming up next on the reviews and everything will be me jumping into doing the two videos, um, two or three, vid- multiple videos from the uh, Zod collection. Again, I mentioned there that I had the Dart and the... Uh, um, the Drift, the Dart 250 and the Drift, courtesy of Great Hobbies here in Ottawa. They've also sent along the the little um, uh, return to home module and everything. That will go into the Dart and two batteries. So just got to get myself set up to do those videos. I've been kind of spreading them out to give, make sure I've got content to, uh, to keep going. I've got all the aerial footage and my footage from uh, yesterday's um, flight with the... Uh, the Bushmule, so probably going to be more of a music video, so you don't have to listen to me banter, because, <laughs> you know, I've been talking a lot during my videos, but it seems to work and seems to give really good uh, explanation as to the flying experience and that, and just been having an absolute riot shooting through all those... Um, those narrow gaps and trying to do the touch and goes want to take the OMP duos out when it's nice before we lose all the snow and do the exact same thing. So then you guys can see what those aircraft can do and do some proper touch and goes and everything. I I suspect it'll be, it'll just be butter. Just be able to actually nail those things one after another. Uh, and because especially the big horn, just throw those flaps and come it nice and slow and even the Challenger seemed to slow down really good. And I, I just have fun <laughs> shooting the gap, shooting between those two trees. It's just, uh, it's one of the more enjoyable flying experiences. Just got to remember to put my glasses on. <laughs> um, so there we go. Uh, coming up in future episodes of the podcast, we're going to get Sam from Hangar RC in because we're going to do the draw. And we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about some of the stuff going on at Hang RC. Want to get Joshua Orchard in because he just finished uh, a beautiful job on a Balsa USA smoothie and did it in a really stunning blue and white uh, his uh, his signature colors. And then he took the motor and if you've watched one of his builds, the Ducati uh, um, uh, is it Ducati or the Bentley? One or the other. Bugatti, there you go. <laughs> so many Gottis. The Bugatti twins, twin prop motor. He took that out and put it in the thing. It sounds so evil. So we'll, we'll get him on to see what his reaction into flying that. And then I want to get TJ on to talk more about what the what OMP has got planned into the summer for 2021 and see what they're going. And from there, maybe maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll snag the brothers and bring them on the podcast so they can talk and we can have a good old time. That might be a proper RC after hours podcast and we'll do it after hours and it might enjoy a might enjoy an adult beverage while we're, we're doing the show versus a, a normal glass of water so okay uh, i think unless there's any other questions or comments through the show i think we've uh, uh you know exhausted all my notes and everything just a quick rambling on kind of show but remember if you're a patreon subscriber make sure you jump over uh and uh you know wait out the challenge <laughs> man no wait out the challenge um i apologize the uh, sam and i and been very um i appreciate your pot your, your patience and everything sam and i have been lending that that product uh, 
generate and letting them get through all their their hurdles and everything to get the rc after hours texan yes i i know i spoiled it but you know i gotta give you guys something to look forward to so if you're a patreon there will be a name draw we'll do that video and then we'll uh, we'll post that exclusively to the patreon account and then we'll do a podcast to talk about all that other fun stuff so all right i think i've rambled it off enough along and had a, a pretty productive productive Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's so windy and crazy, but I figured I'd get out a podcast and then as the uh, spring comes in, we'll be able to continue enjoying all the other fun little projects and planes and everything. Um, I have a ton of things I want to get through, a ton of videos I want to shoot, ton of experiences. I got other aircraft to build and finish and everything, but I've just been enjoying the fact that the reviews have been coming in, the opportunities are there. Um, Please continue to uh, you know send in your feedback and everything. Thanks for all the new subscribers. Thanks to all the new listeners on for the podcast and everything. Just having fun doing things my way because it uh, it seems to work out. So again, I'm Andre. You're listening to the RC After Hours podcast episode number 87, simply titled Digital. Thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting. Have a fantastic week. Mm-hmm.